talking a little bit about the uh, Jiva Tattva and uh, with that with reference to the Bhagavad Gita second chapter as I mentioned in our last discussion that <coughs> section is mostly dealing with the sat feature of the Jiva that means that, that it's it's uh, eternal hmm? it's existential feature that it exists and it really exists unlike the body, for example, which is undergoes birth, has a beginning, has a middle, and has an end. Jiva has no beginning, no middle, no end. Um, and the, the, there's a context here in, in this section of the Gita, of course, um, that... Um, that... Uh, which is uh, m- has much to do with why this sat feature, in particular, is emphasized. Uh, the chit feature is discussed a little bit there. The knowledge feature again. The jiva is, in a basic sense, eternal, cognizant, and joyful. Sat chit ananda, but uh, the ananda feature was not described. Chit features described limitedly, but the sat features emphasized. Hmm. And um, the context, of course, is that uh, that Arjun, for reasons of uh, external bodily and worldly identification, um, objected to the idea of engaging in the battle. Hmm. Bhagavad Gita arises in the context of a battle. It's really, in a sense, the battle of this, of the, uh, of the sadaka, hmm? to, uh, uh, to slay the the false ego and so forth. And it comes up very powerfully in the first chapter when Arjuna asks, uh, "Who's going to fight here? Who's on the draw my chariot up?" He says to Arjuna, to Krishna, who's his chariot driver like Krishna was a taxi driver. Taxi. Such is the nature of Arjuna's relationship with Krishna. Krishna becomes subordinate to the devotee's love. He says, draw the chariot up and let's see who's assembled to fight here. And he stops the chariot in front of Bhishma and Drona, who are the uh, very significant people in Arjuna's life. His, his teacher in the military arts and his grandfather who raised him like a father. Hmm? And they were on the opposite side for various reasons and so forth. Um, and so Arjun stopped it there as if to say, you have to kill the things that are dear to you that give rise to your false identity, your attachments, in other words. You have to kill your attachments, and they personify, right? Mm-hmm. You take a shape. And so you have to dis, dis, uh, uh, dissect them to... Uh, um, disassemble them, see them for what they are, and so forth. And um, so this is a formidable task, obviously. And uh, Arjun had some epiphany, but then he 
he, he, he starts to rationalize. So that happens to us too. We get good association, we have an epiphany, and, it, and we think, wow, I should do this. And then the world comes on, so to speak. In the world of our mind, we rationalize away the epiphany, and it wasn't as great. Well, anyway, and the, and the next thing, you've forgotten about it, and so forth. So that's unfortunate, but that's the uh, one of the reasons why we need to keep good association. So it stays on the, on the forefront of our of our thinking and so forth. So, so at any rate, as you know, in the Gita, Arjuna gives all these reasons why he shouldn't uh, fight, and they're all good reasons from a from a moral, from a from a maybe political, from a social uh, perspective, and so forth. So there will be many reasons why we think there's it's it's not important to do sadhana. There are more important things in the world, hmm. but the world is is a world of our mind. <laughs> so to speak, a world of perception, and so forth. And um, and the perceiver is more important hmm, than the picture that it's drawn on the canvas of material nature. It's like a sandcastle. Hmm. Hmm. The water of time will wash away inevitably. Hmm. I told the story once of my, my younger brother who went and sought me out at one point because I was gone for forever. Nobody knew where I was, so to speak, and uh, so he he went to one temple, and they knew about me there, of course, and uh, and uh, they, they began to talk to him about Krishna consciousness. And at the end, he said, "They said, what do you think?" And they said, "He said it is as if I had painted my life picture in watercolors, and all your words are throwing water on the canvas, and it's all dissolving." Hmm. It was very poetic and insightful. He had a moment of epiphany. Of course, he rationalized after that. <laughs> um, but uh, but at, at any rate, Arjuna rationalizes and uh, gives all these reasons not to fight. And again, these are reasons not to engage in sadhana, spiritual practice. Uh, the call of the world is, is, is very strong. We've heard how Krishna played his flute. This is playing it out in the Leela in another context, to call the gopis in the middle of the night to join him. And there were a thousand and eight reasons why they shouldn't go. Hmm. But they went. Hmm. And they didn't know that anybody else had heard the flute and was called. So they weren't waiting for their friends to go hmm. and seeing if it was cool and uh, popular. And the truth will not be popular in a world of untruth. That You have to become uh, used to that. <laughs> Pujapad Sridharmar said, I lived practically my whole life alone, but I had the luxury of, of, of living according to my convictions. Hmm. That is more comfortable than having some, you know, the, 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 uh, a compromised situation that keeps some warm bodies around, <laughs> so to speak, but, it's, but you're not living according to your ideal. Hmm. So it's a courageous path some and here it's for example in the Gita it's described as somewhat of a warrior's path, if you will. Uh, it's a great adventure, the great battle. It's the uh, it's the struggle for existence that you can win by becoming humble. And uh, so Arjuna anyway, as you know, he in the first chapter of the Gita he he gives a number of arguments and in the why he shouldn't fight, and and Krishna is quick to reply in the second chapter where he begins to speak. It's one of the beginnings of the Gita. Krishna begins to speak in the second chapter, and, and he immediately t- 
tells Arjuna that he's a bit of a fool. He's speaking learned words, but you don't really have any wisdom. Hmm? You're a false uh, pundit. Hmm? And, uh, and basically, he, he immediately goes to the, to the beginning point, hmm? the foundational point of spiritual life. Hmm? What is the difference between the self, consciousness, and the body, matter? Hmm? And this is somewhere where you can always go yourselves hmm? whenever the, when there's difficulty in, in, in rising to the occasion and so forth of, the, of spiritual practice and commitment and so forth because of the, the demands of the mind and the senses, because of the, the currents of the world that are hard to avoid even out here in, in the forest sometimes. Uh, you know, there are all kinds of thoughts out there and, and uh, to, to, uh, to which largely constitute a, a, another way of trying to make the world more comfortable hmm, than it really is. Um, and and to dis- and at the same time to dismiss the 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 fantasy, the smoke and mirrors of a spiritual life and so forth. Hmm? Misery loves company. That's a fact. Hmm? So material life is miserable. These so we have to gravitate towards kind of very bottom line hmm, uh, position that Gaudiya Vedanta, for example, our culture arises out of. And that's where the Gita begins. There's a difference between consciousness and matter. And consciousness identified with matter is a source of all problems. Attachment to things is the womb from which suffering is born. These are very, very simple but very profound truths. And if you think about them, if you hear about them from good association, they're difficult to get away from. There are ways in which we can rationalize and try to make them less. And, well, the world's not that bad. Some things are good about it, and so forth. So, of course, you can't keep it, and uh, and uh, so it's miserable if you like it. But who says there's a soul anyway? And I haven't experienced it fully, but I've heard about it theoretically, and... And so we need good association to become an Arjun, to become a gopi, to become a pralad, hmm? to become a Buddha even, and more, of course, to become a, a follower of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? These, are, these people are there. Hmm? These sadhus are there as, as great uh, lighthouses on the shore, hmm? uh, speaking to us in the ocean of material existence. There's a shore. There's a shore. It's over here. Hmm? Sometimes the clouds may come. We may not see it, but we've seen it. We had a glimpse. Hmm? We see it in our Guru Dave, and we become attracted. We want to go there. So these are the bottom line issues to gravitate towards. There are higher, much higher issues. Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, is plumbing the depths of the, of the potential, the nurture. Hmm? as I've spoken about it, that bhakti is that in conjunction with our nature hmm, can result in a very extraordinary life of transcendent uh, love in lila, prem, hmm? which is far beyond the idea of consciousness being different from matter. It's just like the basic shift. But you can see how important that basic shift is, shifting the ground there. Hmm? Because once you shift the ground, 
you're in a world where all, there are all possibilities. As soon as you are, you, you shift to material identification, your possibilities become limited, extremely limited. Hmm? What what can be and what cannot be. Hmm? As soon as you come shift the ground from the preoccupation with the subjective world, objective world, to preoccupation through real spiritual practice, hmm? with, a, with a preoccupation with the subjective world, all possibilities are found. There. The, the, the impossibilities of of the soul and of and the life of Leela and and uh, and so forth, they all become readily understandable. Hmm? The more we're attached to matter, the more we're like 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 ice rather than water. And it, the, the potential of ice is very limited compared to what you can do with water. You can't bathe with ice. You can't drink ice. Hmm? Um, you can't make fire or electricity out of ice like we do in Madhavan, out of water. And with electricity, and so many things can happen. I mean, it's it's that's a good example. With water, the power of water, you can make fire hmm, and light up the whole forest. Hmm. So it's all it sounds impossible. How can water, fire, come from water? Uh, of course, a little motion is added in there, but but uh, but that's water. Hmm. It moves hmm, when it's not frozen. Hmm. So so the atrification of the heart. Hmm. It is material life that makes it hard. These are just ways of speaking about it. Makes the heart hard. Makes the heart heart mean, hmm. self-centered, hmm. not soft, pliable, open, kind, warm. Hmm. Prem is characterized by a melting of the heart, not just a softening, but a melting of it entirely. Hmm. So, um, in the same way, when the heart is atrophied, and this is this is the whole center of our our being, metaphorically speaking, the heart, of course, physically speaking, it is. When it's hard, then, and even materially speaking, when you have a hard heart, just materially speaking, because there'll be degrees. Obviously, some people are more soft-hearted, some people are more hard-hearted, some people are more selfish in the words, some people are more giving, even within the context of material life. Hmm? And we find the hard-heartedness is just a very... Well, you have less friends. <laughs> it's, very, uh, it's very limited. Hmm? And, and, and the softer heart then hmm, it come, comes, make, comes for, makes for uh, uh, more possibilities. And, um, so so uh, similarly with the atrification of the heart, the hardening of the heart we're limited with the softening of the heart, then so many possibilities arise for us. Like, again, water and ice, they're entirely uh, different conditions of the same substance. So when the atma is frozen, and this is what matter does, identification with matter kind of freezes the atma. And um, uh, preoccupies the atma with world of that's uh, very very limited and I've said before in which there's no real square meal there's lots of appetizers and a lot of good packaging and the prospect of a square meal but it, it never comes hmm? because there's a there's another dimension to life there's a, we are conscious beings we, we have a waking consciousness we have dreaming consciousness we have deep sleep and then there is 
what the Vedanta says is the fourth. Now, entering into the the fullness of the Atma is moving in the direction of the fourth. And we've talked a little bit about that people can slip into the fourth to some extent. By suddenly, you can actually yeah, go there. And, 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 and of course, in Gaudivanta, we have the fifth, there's a fifth dimension as well. Turiya Tita Gopala. Turiya. This is just also another point. The fourth is called the fourth. It's like, what's that? It's just the fourth. There's three states of consciousness. We can describe them. Waking, dreaming, deep sleep. Waking means we're attentive to the world of the senses. Hmm? Right? And the demands of the mind, and we're slaving to meet those demands hmm? in the name of being free. Hmm? Um, in the dreaming, for all intents and purposes, in the dream state, the physical world is cut off. Our material senses are not in touch with sense objects. Hmm? So we're living, so to speak, in a consciousness that is independent of the physical world. We're in the dream world. We're in the psychic world, the mental world. Hmm? There are all kinds of possibilities in, in, in the mental world that are even greater than the physical world. What you can do in the mental world is one thing. What you can do in the physical world is another. It's easy to do a business in the head and make a lot of money. But, um, but to do it in the real world is another, another thing. Or the so-called real world, the physical world, the waking state. Hmm? So the Vedanta gives a, a basic idea, a basic example to help us appreciate our prospects, and by saying there's the waking state, and when we go to sleep and dream, the waking state closes down. It means, for all intents and purposes, we're existing independent of the physical state. Of course, we're there in the body, we're dream, we're, the body's breathing and so forth, but we're experiencing independent of all the, the demands of the senses and so forth, which is our normal waking life. Hmm? And then there's a condition where we, where we go into deep sleep and we don't dream. Hmm? And it's very restful. It's kind of like a contentless experience. Hmm? But we exist when we're in deep sleep. Hmm? We didn't go away. Hmm? We wake up, we're still there. Hmm? Um, But uh, the the physical world and the mental world have closed down, and we're still existing. What's it like? Oh, it's peaceful. Hmm? To live independently of of the mind and the senses and their demands... Oh, that's very peaceful. They wake up and say, I, 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 I went somewhere, I don't know where. I wasn't even aware that I was there, but it was peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, we, 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 you know, we, we readily experience the waking state, the dreaming state, and arguably we experience the deep sleep state because we remember it, mm-hmm. even though we can't describe it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I slept well as an example, it's given to try to help us. But then the scripture says, and then there's the fourth. It means, like I've been saying, what can we say about it? It's the fourth. It's like, it can't, it's ineffable. It's beyond words. And you're, you're, you're from that soil. You're a part and parcel of something that's from the subjective world. And so, so in the context that we've been hearing about this Atma, hmm, um, Krishna is answering Arjuna, whose arguments are all based on identification with the objective world, with the, with the waking state, 
and all the concerns of the world and so forth. And uh, he gives religious reasons for not engaging in, in the fight, just like there might be religious reasons um, not to be a mystic. It's okay to be religious, but let's not take it too far. Something like that, your parents might say, if they were, were religious. And, but that's going a little too little. I was once riding on a plane, a guy next to I was chanting Japa, a guy next to me said, you know, why do you have to do that? And I felt like, because there's people like you, you know. <laughs> I didn't say that, but, you know, I, 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 I said, I'd like to do it. You know, I have to do it. I'd like to do it. And uh, so we, anyway, we had a little discussion. And, uh, and he said, don't you think it's a little out of balance? You know, you know, it's okay to do it at home or whatever, you know, but, you know, you're on the plane, you're dressed like this. And then I said to him, I said, well, you tell me what's more valuable. You know, what, let's put it on the scale. Let's put the soul on the scale. Let's the subjective world on the scale. Let's put the objective world on the scale. Let's take just one tiny particle of the subjective world, drop it on the scale. Let's put the whole objective world on the other side. Hmm? How will it balance out? You know, it will balance out like this. That the, the dot particle only, the subjective world is more substantial, hmm? more weighty than the whole of matter, so to speak. And I explained it to him like that. And so, who's fanatical? Hmm? You understand? Who's out of balance? Hmm? Certainly not the one that that identifies the value of the self and pursues it may look at a balance for one who's not put the two appropriately on the scale and actually done the balancing hmm? and seen the value. Therefore, it's said, for example, even in the Bible, what profiteth a man, if I may add, or a woman, hmm? if they should gain the whole world but not their soul? Hmm? Nothing is the, is the answer. Right? It's rhetorical. There is a, there's nothing. You gain nothing. Hmm? Dust only. Yeah, you can you can like you can make different shapes out of it, so forth. But just like you can make a you can make a castle on the sand and be the monarch there until the wave of time comes in <laughs> and destroys your kingdom. Hmm. So these are very basic points, but they're very they're foundational, and you need to gravitate towards those. I think, what do I believe in? What am I for? And I think. I actually believe in these things. This is why I'm here. And this is why, even in a very basic sense, this is worth pursuing. And this is what the Gita very, very beautifully does to us. That's why, for us, that's why I say it's not as much, comparison to some of the other major scriptures of the world, a book about believing as it is a book about the nature of being. Hmm? And when it talks to us, as it does, as it has been in the sections we the section we've been discussing about the atma, about the self, mm-hmm. it's very compelling because it it, it 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 speaks to us about life in such a way that we can see what it's talking about when we when we are shared when that angle of vision is shared with us we can actually get a glimpse of it and we can go yeah that is true mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about it I hadn't looked about it like or I kind of felt like that. Hmm. And the way it's being explained here is like articulating even better what I felt than I could articulate myself. So it's a it's an epiphany. It's a it's a you know it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a oma jnana timanandasya jnananjana salakaya chakshun militam yena tasmai Sri Guru Venamaha. We offer our obeisance to our Guru who 
opened our eyes to something that was right before us and we couldn't see it. Hmm? It's like, where's my hat? Where's my hat? It's on your head. Oh, something like that. <laughs> Krishna consciousness, something like that. So, so then uh, it's not asking us just to, for example, just to believe in a soul. Believe in a soul. It's not even. It's it's saying there's something called consciousness. Okay. We have no argument there, right? That's obvious. There's something called consciousness. Now, what is it? How will we define it, and so forth? Then it begins to talk about it and define it. As I began in our first discussion on Jiva Tattva, in a particular way, from experience. Hmm? And coming back from that to speak about us about it. Hmm? Now, other people, let's say materialists, as I mentioned earlier in our first discussion, also try to talk about consciousness. It, they they can't not talk about it. They tried in science not to talk about it for a long time, as we discussed, but now they they kind of have to talk about it. Hmm? So they want to try to talk about it in ways that will fit into the way they think the world is, that it's all matter, and so forth. They're having a hard time fitting it in and finding it where, where, where it is in there, and, just, and, and so forth. So, it, so they're trying to define consciousness materially, and they can't do so successfully. Hmm? Um, and meanwhile, what we're doing is defining consciousness differently. We're saying, well, there's a reason you can't find it there. Because <laughs> that's not where it is. It's not just a function of the, of the, of the, of the brain. It's, it's not reducible to matter. So you, you, no wonder you're having a hard time reducing it to matter. It's, and there's another perspective. And it's, it's a valid perspective. It's reasonable, as we've said. It, it's intuitive. Uh, and there's people who experience it like that. And they're extraordinary. Hmm? They're very objective. They're detached. And they're very big. They're compassionate. Hmm? They're very kind. Arguably, they've, they've succeeded in the struggle for existence. They don't want anything. If you don't want anything from the world, then you're not in the grips of the world. And be in the grips of the world is to be in the grips of birth and death. Hmm? And yes, the biological organism is, as it will, will, will meet its demise. That's a given. Hmm? But is it a problem? Only if you're attached to things that you can't keep. Hmm? And we see they have no problem. Hmm? There are so many examples. We have the example of Kunti Devi, the aunt of Krishna, hmm? who says, oh, there's so many problems in life, and, and they're so good because whenever they come, and they just remind us of you, hmm? that you are the only shelter. And they're in, in, inviting calamities. People are trying to get away from calamities hmm? to avoid problems and so forth. But the devotee, there are no problems. They're just service opportunities. And so, in the, and we have great saints in the tradition like this. They stand there and they demonstrate this uh, to, to a large extent, very objectively, that death is not a problem for them. There's no wailing and oh, lamenting and if I only wish I had done this or that and... And, uh, and so forth. Obviously, they protect themselves in certain incidences and so on, but they have a sadhaka deya. It should be protected. It's for, it's for Krishna's service. And it's, and it's a given that the body will die. We're not biological. We're not psychological. Hmm? We're not psychic or, 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 or 
physical, we're spiritual. Hmm? This is the theory. And, and so it's not a question of believing in the atma and the soul. It's a question of defining consciousness materially or spiritually. Hmm? Which one is more reasonable? Hmm? And we find the spiritual explanation is more, more reasonable and it's accessible. It's experience. You, can, you can say whatever you want about it. You can say, well, I don't... The mystics in the Bhagavad Gita say this is what they're experiencing. We don't think it's that. Go, go there first. Talk about it. Hmm? This is our reply. Go there and, and, and talk about it. Hmm? Find one person for me. Find one person who's experienced it to some extent hmm? that now wants will then continue to talk about it in reductive terms that it can be reduced just to matter. Find one person. Hmm? Make a machine. Make a machine that you put a quarter in and you can experience that. Hmm? Go ahead, make a machine. They can't, but go ahead, make a machine. This is the theory. We can make a machine and that it will make your brain, or give you a drug that make your drain, brain go like that, and then you'll experience the God, the God experience, the God consciousness experience. Hmm? So make the drug. Go ahead. Of course they can't, but make the machine that you plug into and, and put a quarter in. Hmm? And as soon as one person plugs in, if they could get the experience, then, then he'd just keep putting quarters in. There'd be lines around the block. Hmm? The whole world will stop. <laughs> Such is the nature of the experience, as is described in the Gita. And this, hmm? it, just with regard to the sat, that I exist, I am eternal. So this, is, this is just the end of all fear. The end of all anxiety. And there's a kind of a knowing, I know it's ended. And so I can act accordingly, obviously. This is so profound. Like I said, everybody in the literature of those who have studied mystics and mysticism, so every example of it is given. They, having had just a glimpse of such experience, they never return to a reductive uh, Worldview that that makes consciousness just just uh, an epiphany or just a, or just an epiphenomenon or an emergent property of mind, but no, it's 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 the real world. Hmm? Matter emerges from it, it more likely than consciousness being reduced to matter. Hmm? Consciousness behind all the movements of matter. It's just the opposite, hmm? and uh, so. So anyway, so Arjun uh, it, it makes his arguments from based on attachments, and Krishna immediately tries to slash him. And where does he go to? He goes to the point: you are not the body, and there is a difference between the body and the self. And the body is temporary, and the soul is eternal. So he, the reason that he's giving so many descriptions as to the sat aspect, hmm, the eternal nature of consciousness, is because he's contrasting it with the ephemeral nature of the body and the bodies of the people in the war and so forth and so forth and so on. So this is why in this section there's not a lot of emphasis on the, on the chit and the, and the ananda aspect of, of the atma. The sat aspect, which is big itself. You're real. Sat means real. You exist. You're not just a, an appearance. It's here today, as I say, and gone, and, and gone tomorrow.
Later, in the Gita, when he'll start to talk about sadhana, uh, a good example is the sixth chapter. He's talking about yoga sadhana mixed with bhakti. Hmm? And there he talks about two things uh, in terms of realization. He talks about realization of the atma, realization of what we're talking about, that your consciousness not matter, hmm? and then realization of the paramatma. So from realization of the nature of the atma, the self, to realization of, of, of God and a relationship with God in a, in, a, in a very limited way as it's possible to attain in yoga, like Shantarasa. Hmm? Shantarasa is, is, the, is the real ideal of the Yoga Sutras, which means to sit and have the neutral kind of a love of God, experience of God, the beatific vision is a Catholic term that maybe speaks to it, hmm? where it's something like being eternally in meditation on, 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 on God. No interest in the, in the, in the pastimes, the leelas and so forth, and Shantaras. From Dasaras, Dasaras, there's a big leap. Hmm? Where there's interest in the leelas, pastimes, participation in them. There's a swarup that corresponds with that and so forth. The form that the devotee acquires to participate in that whole world of leela and so forth. Hmm? But in the sixth chapter, Krishna describes that he says, Sukham, I think, Uttamam, he says, oh, and one experiences the, happy, the, the supreme happiness of the self. Hmm? So it's an example in the Gita where he says the soul, the Atma, is not only Sat, existent, not only Chit, cognitive, hmm, luminous, but, but Ananda, hmm, joyful. Hmm? Later, Another example, in the 18th chapter, Krishna is describing the jnana, the path of knowledge. There's a path of yoga, there's a path of knowledge, there's a path of bhakti. These are not just words that speak of three specific paths, but they really they speak of, of three really generic approaches to uh, transcendence hmm? that... Um, are fully kind of played out and developed in, within Hinduism and, this, and the sacred texts. But I mean to say that they, Socrates had like a jnana approach. He wasn't like reading the Bhagavad Gita. And, uh, and so but he had like a, a jnana approach to hmm, spirituality. Arguably he experienced some Atmananda, hmm, the self. Hmm. Um, so what I'm saying is the term jnana, yoga, Bhakti, they, they they speak of 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 how kind of almost psychological approaches to transcendence that are going to be found in any in any culture, hmm? um, and then there's karma, hmm? the 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 application of oneself in a religious context for acquisition. Hmm? Um, Karma. Then there's nish, nishkam karma, and, and you, you you know an example of nish, nishkam karma means you do karma without desire for the for the fruits of your work. So you find that even in in, in any culture, you find people who are are, are dutiful. Uh, just to give a, a crude kind of example, they're not interested in the fruits for themselves. They sacrifice the fruits for themselves for the betterment of the of the overall good of the world, something like that. This is kind of a nishkam karma orientation. So you understand my point. I'm talking about the, these terms. They're not just Hindu terms. They really speak about different psychologies 
hmm? universally and 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 in in this regard with the, in the context for is for, for pursuing uh, ultimate uh, reality hmm? the nature of ultimate reality so <clears throat> uh, later as I say in the Gita in the 18th chapter he's speaking about Gyan mixed with Bhakti in the 6th chapter there's uh, again in the 8th chapter as well there's Yoga mixed with Bhakti but in the 18th chapter when he's speaking about Gyan mixed with Bhakti he says Brahma Bhuta Prasanatma He's speaking about Atmananda here. Hmm? The bliss, the ananda of the, of the Atma, of the self. Hmm? He says, Prasanatma. Hmm? Brahma Bhuta Prasanatma. One, when one experiences the self, hmm? he becomes Prasanatma, filled with, with, with joy. Hmm? So there is ananda hmm? as a component of the of the atma, there is knowledge, chit, and sat, hmm? realness, if you will, existence, eternality, hmm? and that's what we would expect that consciousness is about. Because because it's only because we have consciousness that we think I exist, right? It's the consciousness within us that says I'm existing. So the sense that I exist, materially speaking, without any talk about spiritual practice or anything like that, if I say I am, I exist, hmm? it's all that's all coming from subjective side of ourselves, right? Hmm? Coming from consciousness. So if you were to re- then, if you enter into consciousness and realize it's a, it's a, I'm a unit of existence, well, it's not as what we expect. Hmm? That's what we, if we think about it, that's how it plays out in our everyday life. Hmm? So to say something is a unit of existence, knowledge, and, 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 and joy, and, and, and love, and, and bliss, it sounds abstract. How can, you be, can, how can there be a unit of, you know, what is the Atma? It's existence, it's knowledge, it's, it's love. It sounds very abstract. Um, but these things are only possible in the world because of consciousness. Knowing, hmm? I can only know because of my the subjective component of myself. Hmm? Consciousness. You know, someone would say, "Well, consciousness can be reduced to matter." Okay, you, you want to make that argument? We don't think it's a very good argument. It's not not accurate. But okay, you want to make that argument? Still, you have to admit. The sense that we exist, existential crises, is all coming from the subjective realm. The sense that we know anything, it's only coming from the fact that we, are, that we have, at least we could say, consciousness, or there is consciousness. And then the idea of loving or even being happy, well, in order to be happy, you have to exist and you have to know something. And... and, and and, and you have to be conscious. So love is, is a subjective thing. So my point is, in everyday life, hmm, any, any concern for sensibility about existence, about knowing, about loving, it's all relative to the subjective side of ourself. Hmm? Now you may say, well, that, that's just some aspect of matter or something, but 
anyway, that what it is, the subjective is being, knowing, loving. That's what goes on there. And when someone in meditation or spiritual practice goes there, they say, I found out. I was a unit of being, knowing, and loving. Well, that's what we expect you'd find out. Hmm? That's what's showing up here. Hmm? But, the, the, but the, you're experiencing it now in a profound sense, and you're, and you're experiencing that independent of matter. Hmm? I'm now in the world of being, knowing, and loving. I was like a, like a drop of that, hmm? that, uh, that, that a spark of it that, 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 that landed outside the fire. Now I'm back in. Hmm? So I was a fish in that water, and I was sitting on the land. How limited I was my experience, comparatively. Well, I was a drop of water. Now I'm back in the ocean. So I'm a spark. Now I'm back in the fire. Now that's not to say, having said this, that the, that the jiva is satchit ananda. Well, Brahman is also satchit ananda. So that means what? The jiva is Brahman. No, that's not the teaching of the Gita. But if you take a drop of water and you put it in the ocean. It becomes the ocean, right? Hmm? Well, there no, no. Yeah. There, there, there are differences between drops of the ocean. Maybe made up of so many drops. So there are differences between drops and an ocean. Let's just look at it like that. There are differences. You can't surf on a drop. Hmm? And Marsh will tell you that. Hmm? Ashram Marsh. You can't surf on a drop. You can't swim on a drop. Hmm? By the ocean, you can. There's no waves in a drop. It's flat. Hmm. Um, so there's a difference between a drop. I mean, there's just ways of talking about it. And the ocean. There's a difference between spark. Let's use that one in the fire. Hmm. The fire can illuminate the whole night uh, and and warm you and cook from it. The spark seems to have the prospect, but independent of the fire, it cannot do that. Hmm. The fire can can do away with the smoke, but the spark can't. Hmm. You can have a spark and be clouded by smoke, but the fire will. Fire is strong, and smoke won't get in the way. Hmm? Matter is like the smoke, we're like the spark, and Krishna is like the fire. Hmm? And the srup shakti is like its heat and light. Hmm? It's heat and it's light. Hmm? So what I'm talking about here is there's within the subjective world, there's diversity. Hmm? And there's a difference between the atma and the paramatma, between the jiva and Krishna. There's a difference. They're similar. They're from the same subjective soil, so to speak. But they're different, and there's enough difference for them to, for there to be an interaction that we call love, so that the a loving aspect of the atma can experience the fullness of its potential. Its nature is that it has an anda, but with nurture. The nurture with with more love from another, then it can experience the fullness of its potential to love. It's a unit that, uh, which has a capacity to love. Hmm? Now, when we speak of the atma in terms of its knowledge, and in terms of it being a unit of knowledge, let's say, and being a unit of love, hmm, sometimes the example is given that the jiva is quantitatively different. Than, than Brahman or God, qualitatively the same. Hmm? Again, Brahman is Satchitananda, the Jiva is Satchitananda. So there's some truth to that. Prabhupada used to speak about it that way at times. Hmm? And 
But if we look closer, with a closer focus, we can also say there's also a difference, a qualitative difference between the Atma and Brahman. Not just a quantitative difference, but a qualitative difference. If we look, for example, in terms of the Ananda of the Jiva, oftentimes the Ananda of the Jiva is spoken of um, such that it appears to constitute, for the most part, the joy that is the result of the relief, if you will, of ending all problems, material existence. That's huge. Hmm? If you found out that you had cancer, and then, oh goodness, you were troubled, and then the doctor said, oh no, that was somebody else's scan, it wasn't yours. Ah, whoo, that feels good, and oh wow, I'm happy, it's a good good day. So, <laughs> that uh, that kind of relief Hmm? that results in removing the material covering hmm? is is some, sometimes the way in the go, which the Gaudias speak about the Ananda of the Jiva. And more so, that the Ananda of the Jiva is such that it's part of its nature and it can be nurtured. Hmm? But the nurturing of it, hmm? which, requ- which involves more than just removing the ignorance, hmm? Removing the ignorance is is one thing. Hmm? Just like, let's say you have, you're sick. Hmm? And so, first thing the doctor says, okay, you got to fast. You can't eat this, 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 and this, and this. Hmm? Then after certain fasting, now we can give you a little food. You can eat this, you can eat this. Hmm? So you have to remove the negative, and then we can begin to nurture with the positive, something like that. Hmm? Of course, in bhakti, we remove the negative in the context of, of the nurture. We immediately begin loving Krishna, chanting Hare Krishna, hearing about Krishna, serving Krishna, and so forth. And gradually, then the first stages of that loving is that, is that what's not loving about us, the covering, starts to be removed. But there are practices that involve, for the most part, just trying to remove the covering. And so we may arrive at the nurture, at the nature, hmm, without much uh, nurture. And, but with the nurture, then the full capacity of the jiva to be a unit of love, and what that means, can be realized. Therefore, atmananda, the bliss of the self, is one thing. But bhakti-ananda, the bliss of bhakti, that is another thing. Hmm? I'll give you another example. The bliss... An enlightenment, the knowledge of the jiva is not such. And you were always that, right? It's not that now you're matter and now you're going to become a soul. You are a soul. You are an atma. You are consciousness. So you always exist. Whatever extent you're constituted of knowledge, that's always there. To whatever extent you're constituted of bliss, that's always there. But it's not enough to dispel the influence of maya, is it? Hmm? On itself, it's not, it's obvious. It's not enough. Hmm? Therefore, we're experiencing the coverings of ignorance. It's not enough. Hmm? 
If it were enough, you would never be an illusion. Hmm? But you are. So the Maya has the power to cover the jiva. Hmm? So its sat, its chit, its ananda hmm? is not sufficient to dispel the influence of Maya. Hmm? So if you go deep with the, the atma, you get atmananda, you can taste atmananda and still be under the influence of sattva-guna. Very high, subtle influence of sattva-guna, the mode of goodness. Hmm? Mode of goodness is, is that by which one can distinguish between matter and spirit. Hmm? You find in the Gita, this is the emphasis. There's a difference between consciousness and matter. Some religions, what the soul is, it's all mixed up with matter. Or, or, there's not a clear... The Gita says that religious orientation that doesn't have a clear conception about the difference between consciousness and matter is in the Rajaguna. Hmm? Or one that denies it altogether, that is in Tamaguna. Hmm? And Sattva-guna is characterized by the ability to discriminate between consciousness and matter, ultimately. So much as we have the ingress of that in that life, we can make this discrimination and the, understand the ramifications, implications of it, and, and pursue. Hmm? But, even if you arrive at Atmananda, like a Socrates, something like that, hmm? the Gita says, without bhakti, still, you cannot, you cannot attain Brahman. Brahma Bhuta Prasanatma. I quoted this verse. It's described in the Atmananda, hmm? or the the the, 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 the um, Atmavivek self-realization. It says Brahma Bhuta. Hmm? Who understands oneself really experientially to be different from matter? What are the characteristics? He feels a joy hmm? that knows no bounds, boundless. It's boundless. Hmm? He, he has He has no hankering for anything, no lamentation for anything that's lost. Samasaveshubhuteshu. Hmm? He sees all beings equally. Hmm? And madbhaktimlabhateparam. Hmm? With the ingress of bhakti, he can attain me. Hmm? Krishna says, in the form, and he's speaking, in the form of Brahman, my impersonal form, if you will, or formless reality, Nirvishesh Brahma, which is the objective of the jnani, hmm? most jnanis. There are different kinds of jnanis, but um, he can, mud bhakti, he, 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 by the addition of bhakti, he can attain Brahman, he can attain Sayuja, he can merge with Brahman. Hmm? The point here is what? That the the constitution of the self, hmm, while it's Satchitananda, is different than the Satchitananda of Brahman. Hmm? Hmm? It doesn't have the power to dispel Maya. Hmm? With a little of Bhakti Ananda, Maya can be dispelled, it can enter into Brahman. And if you, if you don't have a Jnana orientation where you want to enter into Brahman, but you want to enter into Krishna Leela and attain Prem, then you need to get a lot of nurture. Your whole path is bhakti. Not that you use bhakti to merge into Brahman. Hmm. Or not even that you use bhakti to, to attain shantaras, which is not the interest of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm. Hmm. But you enter into bhakti as a path unto itself, not jnana mixed with bhakti, not yoga mixed with bhakti, which results in Brahman and Paramatma realization, respectively, but Bhagavan realization hmm. fully. 
in terms of Dasya, Sakya, Batsalya, and in Krishna Lila, this is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So it's so bhakti heavy, bhakti laden, hmm? Hmm? that it's that that it that it's sometimes referred to as Gyan Shunya Bhakti, bhakti where there's, there's no concern for Gyan. You mean they don't even know in the Lila that Krishna is God? Knowledge is covered. The love is so heavy. Hmm? The love is so heavy that the existential and the cognitive aspects of the jiva become covered by the love, so to speak. Hmm? That's, that's why it looks finite, the Leela. It looks finite. Hmm? And they're concerned. Something might happen to Krishna. We've got to protect him. I mean... What's that? You know, even your soul, Krishna teaching the Krishna in the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, nothing can nothing can burn it, nothing can uh, uh, drown it. Water can't drown it, fire can't burn it, nothing can hurt it. Hmm? And Krishna, the, the the center of all consciousness, and they're trying to protect him. <laughs> What's that? You understand? Hmm? This is the this is the ignorance is bliss. So. Love of bhakti is so heavy. Hmm? Yeah, that aside, that emphasis in, in, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, that the, the cognitive and the existential aspects of the self hmm, are almost, um, I don't want to say, uh, well, they're, they're, they're almost covered over. Hmm? Of course, a loving existence and a knowing hmm, Within a loving existence is, is, the, is the most comprehensive sense of knowing and, and, and existing, the most satisfying existence. Hmm? A loving existence is the most satisfying existence. So, obviously, they are eternal. They do know everything. Hmm? Yeah, but, but the love has caused them also kind of an unknowing knowing. Hmm? And therefore, they're worried to protect Krishna. Something might happen to him. Hmm? This is a spiritual kind of uh, madness of of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. The, the point is it makes jnana, it makes yoga sadhana, and the results look very small, which are all ended. Existing jnana, yoga, knowing, the bliss of knowing, the bliss of existing. And bhakti is the bliss of bliss. <laughs> We're interested in that, the bliss of bliss. And of course you've got to exist to, to do that. You've got to know something, but you know, that's not very important. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> this is the idea. That's what's being depicted, you see, in the, in the descriptions of the Leela and, and, and so forth. Hmm. Love for its own sake. And the whole, it's a whole path of, of love. So, so the difference, again, the, with, with the ananda of bhakti hmm, and the knowledge, that means the hladini the, and the, the samvit. Hmm. Samvit means knowing Ladini means bliss. These are words that are used to describe the the characteristics or the elements of the Swarup Shakti. We talk about the Maya Shakti, the body, the mind. Then there's then there's the Tatasta Shakti, the Jiva, that's consciousness, right? Then Bhakti is considered the Swarup Shakti. It makes the whole spiritual world of Lila go around. Hmm? So it's constituted of sandini, samvit, ladini. It means existence, knowing, and loving, but like on on steroids or something like that. And um, it's quantitatively and qualitatively different. And to give an example, the bliss 
And the knowledge of the Atma, as I said, is not sufficient to dispel the influence of Maya. But when we have the, the, the knowing, Samvit, and the Ladini of Bhakti enter into our life, then Maya can be dispelled. For the Jnani, it can be dispelled as much as he's interested in having it dispelled and, and taking advantage of what the Surup Shakti is about. He can know Brahman. He can exist. The yogi, the little bhakti, can know Paramatma and have Shantaras and the optimum. And for the devotee, then he can taste love of Narayan and Dasyarasa. Or he can enter into, for example, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Rag Bhakti, and know Krishna as his friend, lover, and so forth. And so, in that instance, what we're finding is what? Not only does the, does the knowledge, the cognitive, and the bliss or loving aspect of the Sarup Shakti, of Bhakti, have the power to dispel Maya, like the Jiva doesn't, it has this power to overwhelm Krishna, to overwhelm Brahman. So, this is extraordinarily... Um, Powerful. So if we want a remedial measure to deal with the problem of material existence, this is like, whoa, you know, don't take that, take this. One of these will do it. You know? That'll knock you out. <laughs> Something like that. Just take one of these. <laughs> so it's, 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 uh, 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 so there's a difference then. Hmm? Between self-realization, Atmananda, Bhaktinanda, Atmagyan, hmm? and uh, the, the, the knowing of Bhakti, the nature of the existence that's possible through Bhakti, hmm? is 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 uh, uh, extraordinary in comparison to the the, the existence of being eternal, eternal being uh, unto itself. Hmm? So here we've talked about. Some, to some degree, the nature of the jiva and with regard to bhakti, the nurture. That because the jiva is the way it is, it can be nurtured in such, such. It can attain a very extraordinary type of life that's far beyond the basic idea that consciousness is different from matter, which itself is ineffable. What can you say about it? It's like, whoa. Hmm? That's why you have Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Just, he's not just going, whoa, and being quiet. He's just like, going mad. Hmm? And the descriptions of his ecstasy, as I've said before, there are no descriptions in the religious literature anywhere of, of ecstasy hmm? that compares to what we find uh, in the descriptions of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? It's super extraordinary. And the Goswamis located it on the scriptural map. They said, this is Maramakya Mahabhav. And they explain that this is experienced in the Krishna Leela hmm? between Radha and Krishna with the help of their Sakis. Hmm? There means Krishna's certain friends and Radha, Radhika's handmaidens. They, they make this possible. Hmm? For Radha and Krishna. So they, 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 this is, and this is what the Gaudi Vaishnava's lineage is giving opportunity to people of this world to experience. It leaves us, I'm not the body, like, whoa way behind, and that will make you pass out in, in itself. Hmm? So it's very, um, 
very powerful. Of course, the first part of it is is going to remove this bodily conception of life. Hmm? It's going to take take some time, depending upon on your practice, depending upon where you are in spiritual evolution over lifetimes, the, the sangha you have, the kind of association you have, and so forth. Hmm? But you you focus on the higher ideal hmm? with attention to where you are now and what you need to do. And this ground level that we've been talking about in the second chapter, this is where to come back to. Hmm? You think, do I think I'm consciousness or matter? No, I don't think I'm matter, I'm consciousness. Okay, I should be acting accordingly. Hmm? This, this, you wake up in the morning, I'm not this body, right? I believe that. I do really believe that. <laughs> I've thought it out thoroughly, I've analyzed, I can't get around it, and it, and it feels good, actually, to, to, to think like that. So, this is what I should pursue. This is what I should do. Hmm? And then, everything that requires believing, hmm? like second six chapters of the Gita, Krishna's God, he says, this uh, requires some believing. That's not something you can go, right, I can see that. You can kind of see, I can talk about such a way that, well, you can kind of also see, but, but a little bit of believing. But it's not a blind kind of faith that's being asked of us because our eyes have been opened to the fact that we are consciousness and that means we, we, we've entered into a world of such possibilities. Hmm? So, any question? Yes. Agumash, you uh, said this morning that Gaudias, they attain the heart of Vrindavan. You said that different sometimes they also worship Krishna, but there is a difference. We are going, you know, different, we have a different conception maybe of Vrindavan. Um, what, what is the, the difference? You, right. They also worship Krishna as Fayam Bhagavan, they also, mm-hmm. I guess, I'll give you an example. Just like uh, um, it was brought up this morning, well, you know, we we worship, we, we chant Krishna Nam, right? I think it was you said we, we chant the name of Krishna. So, rather than, for example, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course we chant Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's name too. But as Raghunathas himself prayed in glorification of his guru. He said, Namashrestam api sachiputram. Hmm? My respects to my guru, Namashrestam api sachiputram, who has given me not Krishna Nam, but Namashrestam api sachiputram. The Namashrestam means the highest conception of the name that was chanted and distributed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So there are different conceptions behind the name. Hare Krishna, Nam Mantra, is a universal mantra. Hmm? So, there's Taraka Nam Brahma, it's des- uh, Brahma Nam, it's described in the Upanishads. Hmm? Our idea is Paraka Brahma Nam. Hmm? Paraka Brahma Nam means Samartarati is possible to attain by this. Hmm? This, is a, this is way beyond deliverance. Taraka Brahma. Taraka means to cross over, to cross, to, to enter into Vaikuntha, by the Nam. That's the Yuga Dharma. Hmm? Chant Nam, enter into Vaikuntha. But Mahaprabhu is is what? He has taken the name and the the, 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 the the chanting, which is the Dharma of the Yuga, and he's woven it together into a garland. He's woven what? Yuga Dharma, Nam Sankirtan, and Prem. Hmm? 
He's garlanded the world with it. So he's given this by his conception of the chanting. That's why, you know, who you get who you get initiated by makes a difference. What's their conception? That's what they're sharing in the seed form. So we want a guru who give nam shrestam, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given, the highest conception of the name. So that, again, it's coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this idea. So there are others. Let's take, for example, an Embarka Sampradaya. They may chant um, Krishna's name also, but they don't identify Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In the way that the Rodias do, they're interested in Krishna. Hmm? The lineage, of course, predates the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Therefore, anar pitichirim charat kronayabhatinokalo. Samar paitam unatotal rasam sabakti sriyam. Rupa Goswami says, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given, that has never been given before. Hmm? Yes, some people may have obtained Krishna and Radha and Krishna, but not the way in Chaitanya, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given it. Hmm? That that is another thing. Anarpita charim, anarpita samarpitam. Anarpita charim charat. Never this has this been given before. Anarpitam. It's not been bestowed ever before. Hmm? Anarpita charim charat kuranayabhatina kolo. But in, 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 in the Kaliva, karunabhatina kolo, oh, the merciful form of the Godhead in Kaliva, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna varnutisa krishnam sangu pangasta parashitam yagnai sankirtana prayer yadantihi sumedas. This is all describing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu from the Bhagavad. He gave the Namsan Kirtan hmm, as the means for worshipping. Anarpita Charim Sharat Kranabatina Kalo Samarpitam Una Tolzara. What is Anarpitam? Samarpitam. What has never been bestowed, he is bestowing in a big way. Samarpitam. Completely bestowing. And what Una Tolzara Rasam Sabhakti Sriyam. It means what's this this idea, this uh, corresponding realm within Goloka. Goloka means the planet of the world of cows. It's world of affection. The cows are full of affection. The milk is their affection. It's surrounded by an ocean of milk. You have to become very affectionate to swim there and to, and to, and to go there. The center of the world of that lotus that is called Gokul. There, there is Parakya. Hmm? There, there is the romantic life of Radha and Krishna. And, and it's all centered around that. Everything is centered around that. Hmm? Just like in this world, everything is pervaded by sex desire. It's like what makes the world go round. So, so prominent. So in, 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 in Kukul, everything is pervaded by Parakya. Everything is participating in that, directly or indirectly. Hmm? That's it. That's what it is. It's what it is. It's parakiyabhav, hmm? and then there are different. And it can't. It's not possible without different components. Hmm? Without the sakis of Radha, it's not possible. 
without the Saki Bhav of Krishna's Priyanarma friends is not possible. Hmm? So this, hmm, that is never given before. You don't find that in Nibarka Sampradaya. They are interested in Swakya. Swakya means the Leela of Radha and Krishna married. And that's outside of the circle, the central world of the lotus of Golok, we call Gokul, which has its corresponding manifestation on earth, where it's, some say, it actually comes out of the earth and then the other one comes from there. Gokul. It's more, here it's like on location. It's earthly. It's, it's, it's human-like. It's so, hum- the more human-like it is, the more divine it is. Human-like, the more divine it is. So when it plays itself out in human society, it's like filmed on location. It, you don't need to make fake mountains and fake trees and a fake landscape. We're actually there in the jungle. Hmm. And we're filming it. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> Something like that. This is Krishna Leela manifesting in, in the world to showcase his, his, his love and experience it more fully. From that perspective, the Gokul of the unmanifest, the Prakat Leela, is a manifestation of the Gokul of the Prakat, or the manifest Leela, which is more complete. So, and, and, in, 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 and when you enter, the Sadaka wants to, in, in Swarup City, he wants to enter into the Aprakat Leela. In the Aprakat Leela, they want to enter into the Prakat Leela. So this is going back and forth between the Aprakat Prakat conceptions. Hmm? Krishna's coming, going, and taking his entourage, something like this is described. Hmm? So that's never been given before. Hmm? Yes, there is possible by Pushti Marg, by Tainsambatsalya, some type of Madhurya. Hmm? Maybe like Chandravali, hmm? something like this. But even the, uh, uh, I give. A, uh, I'm not that familiar with the Pushti Marg, but they like, say the Embarka. Hmm? They want Swakya. They don't acknowledge. The, they don't. They, they don't even. It's like Vaikuntha. In Vaikuntha, they don't think Koloka exists. They think that that Narayan has a side of himself as Krishna. He shows out sometimes. Hmm? It's an aspect of Narayan. Hmm? Which is true, he does show that. But that's not, it's similar, but it's not Golok. Hmm? That's when Gopakumar saw that in Vaikuntha, and Ryan showed that to him, said, Stay here, look. Uh-huh. See my Sakya Lila. And he thought, Oh, that, was, that feels good. He said, But still it wasn't enough. Hmm? He had, he had sung, he had Diksha from Magodia. Hmm? Radharani herself came to him. Hmm? Sent, 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 sent her. Radharani, it is said, his guru was sent directly by Radharani hmm? to bring him to Priyanarma Sakirasa. This is Briyat Bhagavatamrita. Hmm? So, similarly, like the inhabitants of Vaikuntha, they don't even know that Goloka exists. They can't know. It will interfere with their bhava. Their bhava is. Narayan is the source of all incarnations. That's the, that's the ground on which it stands, and from there it, it, it expresses itself in Dasya, in Shanta. They can't know. That knowing will be a problem for their bhava. 
And who wants, you know, we don't want to interfere with them. It's a good thing. That is their bhava. We're not like, kind of go to Baikuntha and make everybody go to Goloka. Everybody's ecstasy, everybody's praying is perfect for them. Still, objectively speaking, Goloka is another world. It's not even known in Baikuntha. Similarly, in the 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 the, the, they don't know Parakya. They can hear what the Godis talk about it because there's a lot of them in Vrindavan. But that's problematic for them. <laughs> but they but they can't enter into that. They, 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 therefore, they can't quite understand Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They respect Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yes, yes, but but. So, because there are charges who have bhava hmm, for swakya, and they're under that influence, therefore they can't understand Chaitanya Mahaprabhu the way we do, hmm, under the influence of Godi Sampradaya. They can't. They can appreciate, but it only goes so far. Hmm. And then they're strong on that. Hmm. Of course, when they give Bhagavad discourse, they'll quote Jiva Goswami, Jiva Goswami on so many points, but not on the parakeas. So, so, there's a possibility Golokas, there are different divisions of Goloka. The basic divisions are, of course, Dwarka, Mathura, and Vrindavan. Perfect, more perfect, and most perfect, as Rupa Goswami explains, in Ujjbalimani. But even within that, then, there are outer petals hmm, there. And the Gorlila is there. Now, where is that? That's inside Gokul. That's really going deep into Gokul. And there's the reverse out. And the Vishaya Lambana becomes the Ashraya Lambana. The object of love, Krishna, becomes the vessel of love. That is Radha. That's super extraordinary. Gorlila is not a lesser thing. It's a more. Does that help? What else? Any other questions? So, anyway, to go there, you got to understand these basic things. You gravitate towards that. This is your grounding. And I'm pursuing something that's meaningful, and it's, it's all, you know, all meaning. I want to go to the world of meaning and value. Again, there's a drop of an experience that you just dropped into with the world of meaning. You're in a world of no meaning. Matter has no meaning. Independent of consciousness. You enter into the world of meaning. Whoa. Meaning. Value. That's extraordinary. You're a drop of that. And how, and then how deep is the ocean of that? That is what Chaitanya Vaishnavism is about. Sriman Mahabhavu Kijai. Kaunitananda. Hari Hari.